Well, after 16 weeks of worshiping online only, it is so great to be back together again. Several weeks ago, when we turned the corner and we actually started planning today's reopening, we began to see so many challenges that this presented. You know, shutting things down had its own set of challenges, but it was significantly easier and a lot less complicated in many respects than restarting things up, especially with all the guidelines that there are. You know, you make one move and it might impact three or four other areas. So you had to take all that in consideration. And one of the great challenges that we were facing was just how little we actually know about this coronavirus. We've been forced to live with this uncertainty for a long time now. And it, to be honest, it's, it's really frustrating. The coronavirus created this fluid situation that seemed to change almost every single day. And it made planning nearly impossible. If you're a person who is used to having a plan and working a plan all the time, this, this COVID-19 thing has turned your world upside down. Many of us live our lives with this general illusion of certainty. That we're in control. That we have, we have, we have the ability to make certain things happen whenever we choose. But when you go through a crisis like the one we've been in for several months now, it can break that illusion of certainty. It can break your confidence of the fact that you have control. When that happens and you're able to accept that, what you find out that you don't have any control or at least total control, you can actually become a very happy person a person who has a genuine sense of peace. It's not a surprise that the World War II generation, particularly those who lived through the blitz, the bombing of London, are statistically said to be some of the happiest people on the planet, some of the most resilient people still living today. And the reason is they say that the researchers who've been examining this data for a number of years now They say these people, that World War II generation, they're really comfortable, resilient, at peace. Now why why is that? Because their illusion of certainty and this idea that they're in control was broken during World War II. And they figured out that they don't have control. Chuck Swindoll said that life is like a coat that never fits right. You identify with that? Life seldom fits the plans that we map out, doesn't it? We exist in a continual state of maneuvering and adjusting and shifting and believing and sometimes even doubting. Thankfully, as Christians, we have an ace up our sleeve We know that God is sovereign, that he's the one who's in control. And I'm not confident of the certainty anymore, and I'm not sure I have a whole lot of control, but but I know God does. 
You see, he's working even when we aren't aware of it. Even when we aren't aware of what God is doing, we've learned from the past that he is doing something for us, for our benefit, for our well-being, and we will be grateful for it when we become aware of it. So I want to propose something today. As we start back, as we begin this new season of meeting together, I want to suggest it is time to give God praise from grateful hearts. That that's the way we should start this new season. Giving God praise from hearts that are filled with thanksgiving and gratitude. Praise him for what he has done during this season of uncertainty. You know, we could praise God for him being God alone, for no other reason, for just who he is. But it's been remarkable to see the things that he has done during this this recent chapter of our lives. So our text this morning is Psalm 100. And it's the perfect passage for a group of people that want to say, with grateful hearts, thank you to God. You know, the NIV translation has a heading. It's a title for Psalm 100. It's not actually in the text, the the actual manuscript, but it's something that the NIV ascribed to it. And this is the heading that they gave it. A psalm for giving grateful praise. That's perfect. I hope that as we think over the past 16 weeks, and we kind of reflect on that, that we will begin to see how God has so richly blessed Northeast. And the result will be that our hearts will grow as they fill up with gratitude for God. Psalm 100, verses 1 and 2 says this, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. The picture here that psalmist is presenting to us is of the people of Israel shouting praise to God. But the psalmist also extends this universal invitation to all the earth, he says, inviting them to join in the praise as well. You see, everybody's invited to this. This invitation would have reminded Israel that they had this responsibility to make God known to the Gentiles. Likewise, we as the church have been given a similar commission to share the gospel with all the nations. You remember the beginning of the Great Commission? It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's our calling as well. Verse 3 says, know that the Lord is God. That word know, circle that or highlight that if you're taking notes. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. The psalmist used this word that's translated know, and it gives us some interesting insights into what the message of this passage is. It means to know by experience. So it's the idea that this knowledge of God comes as a result of interacting with God and seeing him at work. But it also carries the meaning to acknowledge. The point is that the things we have experienced with God, we openly give him credit for. That's the part of our praise to him. 
So we have this experience and we give him credit for what has happened. And then the psalmist emphasizes these phrases. He made us. We are his. And we are his people. The sheep of his pasture. The repetition in scripture is usually a tool to, that's used to emphasize a certain point. And here the psalmist wants the reader to know that we are created by God. And we are his. And then he uses that phrase, the sheep of his pasture. This is common imagery throughout scripture. The idea that is celebrated when one thinks of being in God's flock is the idea that God is the shepherd. And that's a powerful thought. He's my shepherd. He watches over me. And he cares for my needs. He cares for the needs of all the sheep. But I'm part of that flock. In fact, the Apostle John writes what our shepherd, Jesus, actually said about being a shepherd. And he said this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. A shepherd cares for his sheep. And he would stand in harm's way, right in the gap between them and whatever it is that's trying to hurt them in order to protect them. And when we know these things, when we understand how important we are to the shepherd as part of his flock, when we realize just how much we have to be grateful for and just how much we can praise God for those things, our hearts will start to fill up. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The picture here that the psalmist paints is of worshipers reaching the gates of the sanctuary and they can't hold their worship in any longer so they just let loose. They're not even in there yet and they just let the songs of praise go. Have you ever been so filled with gratitude to God that you couldn't wait for the first worship song to kick off? It's as if you're like a dragster idling at such a high rate and you can hardly wait to get that green light so you can take off. Well, that's what was happening here. Now, why were they so energized to worship God? Well, they were extremely grateful. They were full of thanksgiving. They'd experienced the goodness of God and his mercy and his faithfulness. They had seen him intervene at just the right time in so many instances down through the centuries. You know, Paul reminds us of a similar blessing that we have. In Romans 8, he says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. When God is working in every situation for the good of those in his flock, then you have so much to be thankful for. You have so much to praise him for. At the end of this psalm, The writer reminds us of three attributes of God. These attributes are truly attributes that are worthy of our praise. He says, the Lord is good, his love endures forever, and his faithfulness continues through all generations. Basically, he's saying, God is good. 
God's love is eternal. And God's will, God will always be faithful. It is clear from this text, Psalm 100, that for all eternity, in every situation, we can always rely on God. Always. He's the good shepherd. And he watches out for his sheep. And he takes care of them. God said in Isaiah, remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. And when you think about it, (laughs) there is never a truer statement. There is none like him. No one even comes close. He's the ultimate standard. He's the ultimate shepherd. You know, as we reflect on 2020, and it's hard to believe we're just in the sixth month, coming near to the halfway point. But as we reflect on this year, we may realize that what we're living right now is in the middle of an opportunity. This might be a turning point for some of us. I think the things that will come out of 2020 for many Christians will be significant, maybe even life-changing, This season encourages us to develop a greater capacity to live by faith in order to live with the uncertainty. And there's a lot of it. This season encourages us to live grateful in each moment. Don't miss it. Live grateful. And this season encourages us to plan for the future with the understanding that we, we may have very little control. Boy, I certainly have felt that way recently. I don't know about you. This season may be our greatest time of spiritual growth. As challenging as it is, it may be, the, it may be this moment when we grow the most in the entire span of our lives. Even though it seemed like the entire world had shut down, God was still God. Did you know that? He wasn't worried or stressed out when everything shut down, when everybody was afraid. He wasn't, he wasn't afraid himself. He's been watching out for the sheep of his pasture. God has still been working all things together for good, for our benefit. You know what? You might say that God is an essential worker. He's the guy who shows up every minute of every single day, never taking one second off, I'd say that's pretty essential. Let me give you a couple of examples of how we've seen around here God working over the last few months. So many things have have come up. They've happened because of this season. And what we're recognizing is that in the midst of all the struggle and all the uncertainty and all the frustration and all the fear, we see these blessings coming. Let me share a few of them. The resiliency of our staff. Man, they have adjusted and adapted like, I am so proud of them. And they continue to do it. And it's hard. And they're adjusting. And some of it's not even work-related. It's just their own families, their own worlds. And they're so resilient. With the consistency of our offerings is another thing. Boy, we weren't sure when we went online what would happen. And, and you, could always, you could always see the consistency in that. 
our online Easter services. Nobody believed when this thing first shut down that Easter would not be live, but that's what happened. And what an amazing, amazing experience that was. Last week's time of prayer and fasting, do you know that 69 Northeasters took a day last week on Friday or Saturday to fast and pray, interceding on behalf of our city, our commonwealth, the nation, asking God to heal our land. A first response team was formed to help people who were shut in, who couldn't get out, to do errands, to get grocery, all those kinds of things. And a bunch of Northeast folks said, hey, you can count on me. And you know what? Not long ago, we started sending DVDs of our, of our services to people who were shut in, who didn't have access to the internet, couldn't watch us online, and now they're able to watch us. And in one case, we actually had to get a DVD player installed in a nursing home. It was amazing how God opened doors to, get that, to make that happen. The list goes on and on. Things that I don't think we would have ever seen happen were it not for the challenges that we were facing during this season. There are four stories that in the time I have left, I want to share with you. Stories that illustrate how God has been at work all along, preparing us for this moment, preparing our hearts to be filled with gratitude. Four reasons to give God praise from a grateful heart. Story number one, I titled it, How Do We Afford That? Last December and January, a number of our staff were discussing the development of an online campus. We started looking at what the technical needs were and several other needs, and we began to examine how, how easy or difficult this might be, and we quickly realized that we were going to need some significant funding, of which we didn't have budgeted and we didn't have discretionary dollars to draw from. So we just hit the pause button on it with the idea that we'd revisit it later in the year. And then along came March the 12th, which is the day we decided that we were canceling in-person worship services and moving our services totally online, which was the wise thing and the right thing to do. And then two and a half days later, Sunday, March the 15th, we started online. And things went really well, considering that our team only had two and a half days to get ready. And the tech team here, they've done some amazing work over the last 16 weeks, improving and innovating every single week. After a couple of weeks, though, of being online, a man in our church contacted Micah, explaining that he knew that there were costs for doing church online. So he was sending a $20,000 check in order to purchase needed equipment. Well, Micah got a bid on the things that we would need for recording and production and cameras and all that stuff, and the bid came in at $37,000. So Micah went back and he eliminated the things that he thought we could live without, and he got the bid down to $23,000. Do you know what? When that donor found out about that, he said he would cover the additional three grand. Now, how awesome is that? We didn't have an online presence because we couldn't afford it. And then COVID-19 hits and God provides the funding we need for an online service. God always provides for his sheep. 
He's a good shepherd. He always provides for his sheep. Story number two. On the evening of June the 7th, I received an email. This is one of the most amazing emails I've ever gotten. It came from a lady I've never met telling me how God had worked in her life and how he had used Northeast in the process. I'm not going to read the entire email, but I want to share a few excerpts with you to tell this woman's remarkable story. After introducing herself in the email and giving some background, she wrote this. Last year, my life got turned completely upside down, and I found myself in a situation I never imagined. I was suddenly single at 54, and I was devastated. I said more than once, I think death would have been easier than the rejection I experienced. Words cannot express how hurt and desperate I felt. I actually reached a point of considering ending my life, and had it not been for my children and grandchildren, I very likely would have. I'm not really sure how I functioned during those first six months or so. I was not sleeping, and for a time I drank excessively to try to numb myself. I could not seem to find my way out of the dark hole I felt like I was in. I then relocated to an apartment in the Hamburg area. One Saturday back in February, I was cleaning my apartment, and I caught myself singing a song I had not heard in years. The song was, Thy Word. The lyrics are important. I see that now. The lyrics, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I stopped to wonder, whatever made me think of that song and began to try to recall all the words. The song stayed in my mind. And as I finally looked up the lyrics, I found myself on my knees. I had not prayed in years and had not sincerely humbled myself and reached out to God as I did that day, quite possibly ever. I spent a lot of time thinking and praying over the following weeks and got in touch with a couple of people I knew with, to be strong in their faith. My drive to and from work takes me past Northeast, as well as at least one other church. I found myself drawn to your church, though of course by then it was closed, I, I'm still drawn there. I feel as if that's where God wants me. I discovered that one of my neighbors is a longtime member and have, uh, and have spent some time talking with her as well. I'm reading the Bible again, and it's so different now. It's as if I'm seeing it for the first time, and it's so much clearer to me, though I know that makes no sense. I feel as if I have a relationship with God now, like I have never had before. Well, she closed her email by saying that she was looking forward to attending in person on the 28th, which is today. And I hope she's here, and I look forward to meeting her. She expressed just how much the online services had meant to her. And as she closed it, she said the sermons were exactly what she needed to hear. I can promise you, that was God at work. It wasn't us. For many weeks, she was joining us online for worship, hearing God's word speak, and hearing the worship wash over her heart, and we never had met her. What happened in her life, that's not because of me or anyone on this stage. It's all because of God. He led this woman out of her despair to experience the abundant life that Jesus came to give her.
And I can't help but wonder, how many more has God been reaching during this season that we don't know about? Story number three. I titled it Big Money. A few months ago, it dawned on me, kind of like a lightning bolt, just how different our situation today would be had CFR not purchased our loan last year. I can't tell you after that how many times that I have thought, I can't imagine what we would be going through if CFR hadn't purchased our debt. Thank you, God, for CFR. You see, a year ago, this month, exactly one year ago, Christian Financial Resources, CFR, negotiated the buyout of our bank loan, saving Northeast $3.4 million. We've been praying for five years, and God finally opened up this pathway forward. And it became clear to us that God had done something remarkable when the banker who we'd been working with for as long as I'd been here, he said, I've never seen the bank forgive that much, and I've worked here a long time. And the same sentiment was echoed by CFR's, several of CFR's key leaders when they said the same thing. I've never seen a bank give that large of a write-down on a loan. Suddenly, we began to realize that God had miraculously opened up this door, and there was a path of escape for us from the financial straitjacket that we had been living in for the entire time. After all of that, we still had $5.63 million in debt. So last fall, with the help of CFR, we went out, we set out to reduce our principal, which would shrink the amount of interest we paid, which would then release more ministry, more resources for ministry. Through the initiative we called More Than, we gave and pledged over $1,078,000. And to this point, we're already over halfway of reaching our goal. I just want to say to everybody that participated, thank you. You have no idea how much peace it gives us today in knowing that we are eliminating debt. And I can't imagine what it would be like if that were not the case today. If you'd like to know more about More Than, you can check out on, on our website, ncclex.org slash more than. Now, why is this story relevant during this season? Well, it goes without saying that eliminating nearly $4 million in debt in one year has had a profound impact on our finances, especially during this pandemic. A year ago, we had no idea that we would be facing the challenges that we're facing today. But God knew. And he was at work on our behalf making preparations for this season. In the book of Isaiah, God said this, Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of the people of Israel, you whom I have upheld since your birth and have carried since you were born, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. And I will tell you that Isaiah, quoting the Lord, 
was spot on correct. God did just that. He rescued us. Even before we knew we needed the rescuing. Story number four, titled simply, Courage. On May the 28th, I got a message from Jenny Collins. Jenny is a married mother of three, and her family are an active part of the Northeast family. I called her, and she wanted to talk to me about her daughter, Caroline. Caroline is an amazing kid. She's a high schooler, and she'll be a sophomore in the fall if we go back to school in the fall. She's the youngest of all the Collins kids. And the only thing I find about Caroline that's troubling is she's a New England Patriots fan. She loves to trash talk me when the Patriots play my team, the Steelers. You know, one of the things about Caroline that you will notice right away when you're around her is she, I think, is probably one of the most one of the shyest people I've ever met. In fact, when I first met her, I think it was probably almost a year before she actually talked to me. Not because she didn't like me or didn't want to talk to me, but because she's so painfully shy. Well, the reason Jenny was messaging me was she said that Caroline had made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And she wanted to be baptized. And they, they were wondering if we could do that during the pandemic. And I assured her that we would make that happen. So this past Wednesday, in this baptistry, just to my left, Carol and I, Caroline and I went in there and she was baptized into Christ. And she is now part of the family of God. One of the great things about the coronavirus pandemic, and I want you to think about that. I'm not sure you're going to hear that statement very often, but one of the great things about the coronavirus pandemic is that it's the perfect time for a shy teenager to be baptized. It's perfect because we're limited in the number of people who can, can attend here. COVID-19 closed everything down, which slowed life down. Most of us, it gave us time to think. We had lots of time, so we even prayed and we even pondered things, and it gave Caroline enough time to think that she was ready to give her life to Jesus. And I can tell you that we are so proud of her. This is the best thing for me that's come out of the entire crisis we've been living in. If you've never taken that step of accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, having your sins forgiven, receiving the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the assurance that you're gonna go to heaven on the day that you die. Why not follow, follow Caroline's courageous example? If you're considering that, I just want you to take a moment, go to the app, fill out the Connect card there, or if you don't have the app, you can just send me a, a message at notes to Monty at ncclex.org. Maybe you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, but you've never followed through with baptism yet. Why not follow this shy girl's example? Caroline had enough courage to step out and do that. Anybody can. So just fill out the Connect card on the app or send me a message in notes to Monty, 
and just say, hey, I want to be baptized, and we will make that happen. We will make that happen. I close this message. I want you to know God has been so faithful to us as a church. He's been so faithful to us during the past 16 weeks. We've not been able to meet in person, but that hasn't kept us from being the church. You know, the church isn't a building, it's people. And through technology, we've been able to meet together through Zoom calls and through online services, all kinds of interactions. We've been the church. And it hasn't just been within our four walls or just for our benefit, but it's actually spilled out and affected the lives of other people. So I asked the worship team today, as we talked about hearts that are filled with gratitude, I asked them if they would change up the order so that we could close the service out with a few songs to express to God the gratitude that is in our hearts. So as we close, I want us to worship the Lord with gladness together. Before they come, let's pray together. Oh God, I am so thankful for your goodness. I am thankful for these stories and I know that there are dozens and dozens more stories that reveal just how busy you have been, God. The ultimate essential worker on our behalf for our good. God, we thank you for that. And I pray that as we worship you now, out of hearts that are just bursting with gratitude, we can't wait to get to these songs to say, thank you, God, for all that you've done for us. Lord, will you know how much we love you? God, I pray this in the powerful name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
so glad that you joined us today for worship. And as we close, you may have noticed that we've moved communion and, and giving to the bottom. Just to give some more space, just so you guys can, can pray together in your homes. And so don't cut it off here. Make sure that you worship today through remembering, through remembering Jesus and the price that was paid. And then through giving. So just take some time, pray together. We'll see you guys next time. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in with us today. Be sure you're staying connected by following NCC Lex on all social media platforms. Also, if you'd like more information on what it means to be a follower of Jesus, drop us a message on social or just shoot an email over to notes to money at nccleks.org. You guys have a blessed week and we'll see you soon.